Welcome into episode 230 of the Modern Drummer Podcast with Mike and Mike. This episode is brought to you by our good friends at Black Swamp Percussion. If you go to blackswamp.com slash archthrow, you can find some details on their new cool throw-off called the Arch Throw. This was debuted at NAMM. This is, uh, will be a feature throw-off on all dynamic snare drums, but you can also purchase it separately. And they are planning on doing an orchestral version of it later this year. So what this thing is, it's a sleek arch design throw-off that matches the lugs that you can find on Dynamics drums, as well as Black Swamp uh, concert snare drums. It has a indexing knob for smooth and consistent tensioning, which means as you increase or decrease the tension, it will lock into place each time. It will fit uh, any drum that is five inches or deeper, and you can purchase this arch throw through a Black Swamp retailer, or you can check out DeVille Drumworks. And if you're a custom drum builder, you can buy bulk uh, versions of this from them. Um, so go to blackswamp.com, check out the new arch throw. It's very slick. Um, yeah, let's get the show rolling. Episode 230. You can't be in a bad mood when that's going down. Friday. Is it Friday? Is yes, it? it's Friday. I don't know. <laughs> awesome. Happy Friday. Welcome to episode Happy Friday to you, my friend. When do you think people listen to this episode? I don't even know. I know there's a few people who listen to it as soon as it comes out, but when do you listen to podcasts? Like, if that's you see a, good a question. notification, I do have... a new one, do you like, I want to listen to it today, or do you put them in a queue? Yeah, I put it in the queue. So I have my daily podcast, which would be the Dan Patrick show. That's three hours a day because it's just his radio show. But it comes yeah. out, I would say, maybe 60 minutes after it's actually broadcast. So for the West Coast, I get hour one around 7 a.m. And then those three hours are anytime I don't want to think about drums or reality. That's what I put on because <laughs> okay. I don't know right. any because I'm so bad at sports. I, it's not like I'm invested. I'm not a fan of any team, just a fan of greatness. So no matter what they're talking about, at no point does my blood pressure rise. It's ever. a bad time for sports right now. We're like in that that dead yeah. dead era before oh. nothing really matters. <laughs> yeah. And everyone's trying to get you pumped up for the NBA All-Star game. And yeah, I'm like, not dude, at all. I'm, I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. And so. Uh, so, yeah, so I, I, I listen to that daily. And then as far as the other podcasts that I'm a fan of, yeah, they go into a queue and I just get to them when I can. Or the weekends, there's no, since the Dan Patrick show is a uh, Monday through Friday radio show, then all of a sudden the weekends hit and I've got this dry spell. I'm like, oh my gosh, what am I supposed to do, drive in mm-hmm. silence? Or even worse, <laughs> am I supposed to listen to music? Ugh, no way. Just kidding. Right, right. <laughs> That's what the world is turning into, though. So it's, uh, it's quite true. So yes, the time goes by is. much slower, I think, when you listen to music because everything is in like three to five minute chunks. So you're like, oh, I yeah. just listened to 20 songs. Wait a minute. That's only been an hour and yeah. 40 minutes. <laughs> Man, and I got to, I, maybe our listeners can help me because though the one time I do listen to music and not podcasts is when I'm at the gym. So. For the winter time, I kind of put pause on CrossFit and just started going to the gym at mm. the same time. So I'm going around uh, five in the morning with the wife. We go to the gym. She does her classes. I'm working out. And that's the time that I actually listen to music. Okay. I struggled so hard for the past week to find any new music that was good. 
Like I hate to say that, but I found and okay. So let me let me let me give this to you because I really thought about it today. Like I'm laying down on the bench press, thinking deeply while holding this weight in the air. Like what the hell is wrong with music? It can't just be that I'm old. Like I I never stopped listening to music, so I didn't have that moment where all of a sudden I'm like, you know what? The Stones, man, they really brought it. Like I don't think like that. I'll listen to something that was uh, recorded yesterday. I don't care. Yeah, yeah. But I realized that because we've taken in modern music, I just went to Spotify and said, today's hits, go. Oh, yeah. Gosh, what a nightmare. Holy hell. So when you take the band out of the music, and now it's just mm-hmm. a singer and then program stuff, what I realized was there was no dynamics. There were no dynamics to the song. The song never, it was like, it was almost like I listened to 25 verses in a row. Yes. There's because no nothing ever kicked in. Yeah. Yeah. Everything is so flatlined. The vocals are all so flatlined and pitched. There's no, there's yeah. just nothing to it. It's, it's like listening to robots, I think. I, I totally agree. And I, I just thought, like, not in a cool oh, this way. Is, <laughs> no, yeah. <laughs> I like, uh, so, I like weird robot stuff, but not like yeah. humans I mean, turned a good, into robots. A good Kraftwerk song, a good Devo <laughs> tune will get you through. But so yeah, so I was I was just going like, wow, this is weird. I'm I'm more than happy to listen to. I don't care if it's modern or, or vintage or old. I don't. That stuff doesn't matter to me at all. And I don't think I don't see like modern artists and go in my time. Mm-hmm. Like I look at Billie Eilish and I go that you could honestly put her in Green Day thirty years ago and she'd be fine. Like so, it's <laughs> she could swap out for Billy Joel, Billy Joe, no big deal. Not Billy Joel, <laughs> she can't swap out for him. I would just imagine but, what Green Day were doing thirty years ago. They were probably a band, right? Of course, yeah. They just they're in the Bay Area. They're sixteen years old playing <laughs> at bottom of the hill and. And uh, I'm trying to think of the other SF clubs that I used to play at. But anyway, so so that's what I was noticing about all the music I was listening to. And it was going through a little bit of, I would say, some hip-hop, some R&B, lots of pop, and a few rock tunes. But even the rock tunes didn't really have a band. And it was just, like you said, it was flatlined. The yeah. verse, chorus, the bridge were all the exact same groove, yep. the exact same tones. Nothing happened. And I was like, oh, that's why I can't buy into this is I'm missing the song. Yeah. You're not taking me on a journey. Yeah, there's. I think there's many. We can unpack this for hours. I think I think something we we, we don't acknowledge enough is the quality of, of MP3s just makes music not that enjoyable to listen to. So therefore, people don't really care as much about music. Therefore, they're not spending as much time producing good music. And you're not getting... It's like you're just getting this like filtered version of music that, that for me has no soul. Like, no soul. Okay. So let me ask you one final question and then we'll stop being the two old guys yelling <laughs> for people to get off their lawn. This shocked me today. So I follow this guy. I won't call him out because it's not a good or a bad thing. It's just a thing. But I follow this guy on Instagram. He's a jazz guitarist. And I am a huge fan of this dude. But I realized I'm only a fan of this dude on Instagram. I realized that (laughs) after I saw something on Spotify today that said, just dropped my first single. Like, Ever. The dude's never recorded anything in oh. his entire life. And I've been a fan of him for like three years. Okay. And I was like, oh, wait a minute. You, you've you been playing in 30 and 45 second chunks and that's what I be... So that means that other people are fans like that too, where it's like, well, my favorite artist has never recorded anything. Like, what? How is that possible? You just never even tripped over a rock and fell into a studio on accident? Ever? <laughs> Sorry, I'm super fired up about this, dude. 
<laughs> I don't know where we go with that. I mean, it's just like I mean, that was crazy. who have never played a gig who are, you know, top stars on the internet. Like This hey, guy you know. has a massive course on teaching R&B soul guitar. Uh-oh. Massive. <laughs> His first single dropped today. How is that possible? I smell a charlatan. <laughs> oh, my God. Don't buy that Anyways. stuff, people. Don't buy that stuff. <laughs> I'm going to pour myself a, a nice cup of red oolong. How's your week? You know, it's appropriate. I'm about to fly to California and attend the uh, snare drum build workshop at, at Sugar Percussion. Yes. And give a clinic that Wednesday. And I'm going to talk about things that hopefully relate to real music making. I hope. We'll see. Oh, <laughs> we'll that's see. awesome, man. And I, I'm, I'm not down on that stuff that we just talked about. It's just that I don't think they're the same. And I... I Man, I'm trying to think who I was talking to yesterday. Um, it was somebody in our industry, and we were just talking about the thing that you and I have discussed a few times on this podcast and definitely in private, which is that I truly feel you need a second source of validation other than social media. Like, that's cool. For it's great that you have your, this. your contribution, to, what you're doing. Yeah, to be kind of validated as a true, not even musician, maybe artist. Um, unless you come out and blatantly say... I'm like, like when somebody says, what's up guys, I'm a YouTuber, I'm an influencer. It's like, cool. At least I know where you consider yourself. But when you can consider mm-hmm. like, what's up guys, I'm a professional musician. I'm releasing my first single today. Like, <laughs> what? <laughs> Wait a minute. No, no. I'm an Instagrammer and now I'm dipping my toe into the world of professional music. I've okay, got cool. so many Just- problems with all of this. I don't even know where to go. <laughs> I don't even know where to go. I, you know, a, a friend of mine posted. He, you know, he's he's our age, so it was appropriate. He he said, you know, all of my Gen Xer friends who just spent a ton of money on Rage Against Machine tickets, do me a favor, give those tickets to a teenager because they need it more than you do. Wow, that's a great post. <laughs> like that that's is a great post. Pretty perfect because there is. Yeah, I don't see any of that that energy right now. Right. I mean, yeah. whatever. I'm old, but you know what? I started listening to the Beatles again, and I'm actually a fan. So hey, there's there's something that happened. <laughs> it finally, I think, I think, it finally, like, oh yeah, this band, the Beatles, they're pretty good. <laughs> I think great music is great music, and you know, I I mean, I'm a huge fan of you. You definitely know this because we've talked about, it, but I'm a huge fan of trip hop. So if you think about like, is there anything more flatline than trip hop? Probably not. But somehow it was still dynamic emotion. when Portishead yeah. did it. Uh, zero seven and you know all all these different groups and I guess I'm just missing songs right now and it might I mean if we want to talk about modern I'm actually uh, I saw the Tiny Desk concert of uh, Taylor Swift and I thought she knocked some of those tunes out of the park did a great job and they're they're good songs I don't know if someone's helping her write those songs because I don't know the process I mean I have no problem with Mm. you know Glenn Ballard helping Alanis Morissette write her whole album so but I just need songs. But when I listened to today's hits, I was like, uh, this has been a six minute verse. Did we anyone tell like you about the hook? Men, but I think, I know, you know, whatever. Did you hear the new Eminem record? I did actually. I, I listened to it right when it came out and <clears throat> it, it felt like it was someone else's album that Eminem kept showing up on. <laughs> right. I was on track four and I'm like, he hasn't had, he hasn't started one of these songs. He comes in on like verse two. Uh, And so I was like, ah, I'm good, dude. I'm over it. I, I, you know, I mean, even for somebody 
like Eminem, I'm hoping for evolution. <laughs> like, okay, now he's pushing boundaries again. Um, I mean, anyone that changed the game, that's what I'm hoping. Like, if you take a break, I hope you're taking a break not to relax and vacation, but to reinvent yourself. I will always, even if it's good and bad, I mean, I have definitely bad feelings about some Deftones albums, but I will always give it up to them for reinventing themselves on almost every album. Even though sometimes you go, eh, might have missed the mark on this one. (laughs) But at least they kind of come out and go like, all right, well, we've already done that thing. Let's do this. Let's do this. So, um, I mean, Eminem for me is kind of like the Vinny Cayuta of, of rhyming words, like, you, That's you've true. gotten you can, to a certain point. You, where can you go from there? You slow down. And you can always <laughs> I mean, appreciate... Yeah, you can always appreciate just the lyrical mastery of what he's doing. I feel like this has been a great drum podcast. <laughs> See you next time. Good God. Should we start over? All right, so let's get into it. <laughs> let's get into our educational segment. We're talking about drum hacks. Uh, we're not going to go full YouTube clickbait and be like, five great drum hacks. Uh, but... These are things, if you don't know what a drum hack is, I hope you do, but it's just a, it's something that didn't show up with your drum set the way it came. It's a way to change either the sound of your kit, the setup of your kit, or your experience on the drum set. Most of my drum hacks, I will say this, drums by themselves kind of come with the ability to get them how I want them to sound. So I don't have a ton of drum hacks that are just for sound. A lot of them are more like life hacks as a drummer. But uh, I'm excited. But you and I did not discuss this ahead of time, so I'm excited to hear some of your tips and tricks as well. Yeah, I think we might have taken well, different approaches, so it'll be interesting to see where this goes. All right, so why don't you, you start us off? You start. Oh. You defined it, so uh, mine is mine's going to immediately right. not be that. So you go first. <laughs> okay, well, I'll start with a sound hack because okay. I, do, I do this a, a lot. You know that I'm not a big fan of the jingle jingle cow hoof bull crap, right? I mean, allegedly, but I see a sizzler on your cymbal often. You these see days. one. <laughs> you see one. And I only got that so I could make fun of it. And then the damn thing and sounded and so good. You it's, loved it. Now you've got yeah. goat's toes on your floor, Tom. <laughs> Do not. Okay, so not a huge fan of the jingle jangles, but sometimes you need them. And my two favorite jingle jangles would be uh, a sizzler on your cymbal or something to make kind of a crunchy noise on your snare drum. I think the most obvious hack that most of us learned as kids, this is not one of my hacks, but would be putting a splash symbol on your snare drum. Mm. Hope that's not one of your hacks. Nope. Cause if it is okay. So that, but that's one of those things where you go, what just happened? Mm. I now own two very different snare drums. So I want to crunch your sound. So one of my life hacks, drum hacks is if I don't have a sizzler with me for my symbol, and if I don't have anything to throw on my snare, Keys are amazing. The keys yeah. you currently have in your pocket, they usually have a key ring on them. Take your wing nut off, put that key ring on your cymbal, and then you can just start attaching anything metallic to that. Uh, get some some can tabs or whatever, some bottle caps, drill some holes in them. You could do anything with that. But just keys in general that are in your pocket, I either throw that on a cymbal, you can throw it on my hi-hats, uh, in between the clutch or I throw them on my side snare and instantly my side snare is crunchy because those keys jangle around. It's a really good way to lose your keys at the gig, <laughs> but who cares? 
I'll get an Uber home. I just need to sound good tonight. You know, this is not a hack. This is a dumb mistake. I often put my keys around the leg of the floor tom. Like, if they're in my pocket and they're kind of digging into my leg, okay. I'll just, like, hang them on the floor tom. There's been several times that I've forgotten to grab them. Have you really? So now they don't do that anymore. <laughs> I, I, st- I don't know how I can be 43 years old and still say stupid things to myself. Like, I'll totally remember that. Yeah, of course. No, you won't. <laughs> it's a two-hour gig. You have no shot. You can't even remember if we're going into the verse of the chorus. Oh, man. All right. What is your first drum hack? Um, similar. So f- this is something I learned, gosh, in the studio at some point. Someone had taped a dime on a ride cymbal, like, so it bounced around like a rivet. So that's oh. a, that's an easy way to create a, a pretty accurate rivet sound if you just tape one side of the dime and just kind of have like a ribbon of, of tape so it, it can bounce around. Yeah. You could do one of those or a couple of those and it just gives you like, it's a little bit different than a sizzle sound, but it's it's not like a, a toilet chain where it's a full on sizzle. It's like a subtle kind of sizzle. So that's, that's my first hack. That's awesome. And I would assume, depending on how much tape you use, you can also mellow the cymbal out if you're in a small club, you need to chill it. Because I mean, that's a, a hack that you and I both use is gaff tape on cymbals. Yeah, now, so the way I saw it was maybe, maybe hat, you know, like a half inch wide, two inch strip of, of gaff tape. Okay. So you have the dime on one end and then you tape oh, that. Oh, I see. So it just kind of bounces around. But the other oh, one yeah. would be create like a long strip and then roll it around itself so it's not sticky except for where the dime's connected. And then you can, you can tie that around the wing nut. So you've got like a oh, long yeah. strip of tape with a dime at the end of it. He's one of those works. That's awesome. But I just used the like the two inch strip. That's awesome. Great idea. All right. My second drum hack is something that I don't know if everybody deals with this, but I definitely deal with it. And it is when I'm traveling to foreign countries or foreign places with different weather, I feel like I can't really get a great grip on my sticks. So generally I'll use hand lotion or whatever, but even still sometimes I just dry out before I get to the gig. And then my, if I don't have a good grip on my sticks, especially when I just walk out on the stage and the first thing I have to do is maybe a 10 minute drum solo. Mm-hmm. It's you just play different. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's almost like coming in from the rain and your pedals are kind of wet or your feet are wet yep. and you're just not getting that grip on the pedal. So I just use Burt's beeswax. And here's the reason why. I have Burt's Beeswax with me all the time. And I don't rub it on my hands. I rub it on the sticks. And that just makes the sticks tacky. But everyone is like, oh, dude, you could just get like uh, Mr. Zog's Sex Wax. Or you could get this uh, Zildjian Makes Stick Wax. Where is where is your sex wax right now? Mm. Oh, yeah, that's right. Nowhere. Yeah. Ever. Like, it's in your garage in like the ninth drawer. It's like, I know that stuff works. I'm aware of it. But I don't have... Could you imagine what my jeans would look like if I had a giant block of wax in my pocket? <laughs> yeah, you no. don't like, yeah. yeah. No, I'm not using that. So the, the the other option is, one, I got my Burt's Bees with me all the time. It's always in my right pocket. I just rub it up and down the, the base of the drumstick, then I'm good to go, move on from there. And then my hands are a little minty for the meet and greet afterwards. Mm. So and because when I tried uh, I tried the uh, liquid chalk that's like you can get at any sports store for basketball players, but the main ingredient in that is alcohol. And when I would do meet and greets right afterwards, my hands were just I, I mean I stunk like I just had a fifth oh, of vodka. Yeah. <laughs> so so I switched over to Burt's Bees. That is my second drum hack. If you need a little extra tackiness on your sticks, use a little Burt's Bees. Uh, 
hopefully you're using it on your own drumsticks and not someone that someone else borrowed because then it's their hands, <laughs> then you put it back on your lips. It's just horrible. <laughs> I only use it on brand new sticks, just to be clear. Now that would not work for me. You probably have, okay. I think we talked about this before, you probably have dry hands, where I have I do. the opposite. I have sweaty hands. So if, if I grabbed a pair of sticks that had chapstick on it, I mean, that would be a laser beam to the front row. <laughs> Guaranteed. There you go. So, you know, everyone has to find their own way to do it. I can just tell you, I think Mike and I can both tell you from experience, the way to not do it is drum gloves. Please don't do it. We know you don't actually play if you have drum gloves. Unless you're Matt Walker from Filter slash Smashing Pumpkins for a little while, because he had an actual skin condition. If you have a skin condition, I let you off the hook. But as soon as I see drum gloves or dipped sticks, actually, you're a fan of dipped sticks, right? Dipped sticks? The candy? No, dipped. Like uh, sticks that are dipped in like rubber. No, I'm not a fan of that. Oh, okay. <laughs> those, those, that's the same thing because my my hands sweat, the skin gets soft, and that grip okay. actually rips the skin off. My It'll hands. rip your skin off. Yeah, yeah of course. Yeah. yeah, I'm with you. All okay. right, next hack. Um, okay, we're talking about drumsticks. So the the cardboard sleeves that drumsticks come in is a great Ooh. thing to put between the pedal and the hoop so you don't chew away the wood hoop of your bass drum. There you go. I'm just going to... Yeah. <laughs> that was awesome. All right, next. We have a moment of silence for uh, Mike's epic drum hack. Well done, my friend. Well done, yeah. indeed. Don't chew up your hoops. All right. Uh, next is a setup hack for just setting up quickly but making sure that your kit is comfortable. This does not work for me anymore because most of my gigs are fly gigs where I'm setting up a, a new kit in a new place on a new carpet. But if you gig and you have a drum rug, set up your kit at home, get it exactly how you want it, completely how you want it, and then from that moment on, even if you only play once a month at the local pub, treat yourself like a touring drummer. When I was touring, as soon as we had the kit completely dialed, you go around every foot of the cymbal stand, and you make a little white square around it with white gaff tape. Mm. And you can write on that tape if you want, like crash cymbal stand and then you outline your bass pedal and then you outline your bass drum spurs and where those go and you outline everything and write on it if you want and then you can set up exactly the same every time then you go around to your cymbal stands with a black sharpie and you mark the heights of all of those and that will help you set up so much faster but most importantly when you are done setting up in a hurry your kit will feel like your kit and you will play much better dig it i Never had to do that. That's probably why I always feel uncomfortable at every gig I play. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. There you go. Well, I mean, really, you don't do it for when you're touring, you don't do it for yourself. You're doing it for your tech. Yeah, right. So he or she can set up your kit. But when I moved back in town and stopped touring, I still did that all the time just because, yeah, they'd be like, all right, you got five minutes to set up. I'm like, have you seen my kit? Like, I have a small kit. It's going to take me at least 20 minutes. But yeah, if you set up really fast, Makes you've got sense. all your lines, everything's worked out. And I would also recommend, I, I do actually do this. When you have your kit, the most dialed you'll ever have it, take like five pictures of it from overhead, from behind the kit, from in front of the kit. And that way, when I do go to a fly gig or whatever, I just make sure like, is that how I usually have my stuff set up? I, Cause it feels right in the moment. But then all of a sudden I get into this like solo thing and I'm going like, there, I've never had my crash this close to me. So hmm. just by going through the pictures of this is my kit at my studio when I'm comfortable, then I can just kind of match it the best as possible. 
Dig it. So the next one for me is um, if you own multiple snares and they're in your studio or rehearsal space and they rattle like crazy, um, I use those cardboard cheapy bar coasters. So whenever I'm at a restaurant that has like a bunch of those junky coasters, I just grab a handful of them. Or if I play a gig and there's a bunch of them, you know, there's just paper ones, not the honestly, yeah. nothing that's worth more than a, a cent a piece. But <laughs> so I just put those between the wires and the head and tighten the wires on. And they don't buzz. And I've got a dozen drums right in front of my kit, and none of them buzz. So that's an easy that's way to get a, rid of that. Uh, I think we've talked about that in the past just because uh, people have asked about my snare wall and how do I muffle that down. Mm. And that's a great way to do it. Yeah, I've, I've used tissue in the past or a paper towel, but those coasters, that, that makes way more sense. Yeah, because they're sturdy. Like they're easy to just slide in and out of, of the of the spot. So, yeah. And they're free. There you go. I mean, man, eh, you're kind of stealing, but they're going to throw them away anyway. <laughs> And they're free. Well, you're a thief, but they're free for you when you take them home with you. <laughs> yeah, and I'm I'm assuming wherever you took them from didn't pay you enough in the first place. So yeah, I'm not. Yeah, I won't name the restaurants and bars that I've stolen their coasters from. But <laughs> just saying, if it's a three hour gig and you got fifty bucks at the end, I'm taking a thousand coasters. Yeah, That's how we work the, this out. All the coasters. <laughs> okay, I have one final one. This is another gigging hack, and. There are times where you will forget your drum rug. Now, when you forget your drum rug, uh, for any of you that thought you could get away without one, you've only thought that once. Mm. And you just realize, like, okay, my kit is on the other side of the room after the first note of the song. So that's not going to work. So as soon as I realize that I forgot my drum rug, first thing I do is I go up and down the street looking to see if anyone has an indoor mat or like a like a welcome mat, you know, like those Home Depot ones. Yeah, yeah. Pretty much a drum rug. Yeah, right. <laughs> They're called. Yeah, we call them drum rugs. They call them welcome mats. Whatever. So I, I go up and down. And I'm running up and down the street to see does anyone have one. Can I just say, hey, can I give you twenty bucks for that thing and just take it? Um, if <laughs> or I just take it and leave a twomp under the door and I'm like, I stole your rug because you were closed. But here's twenty bucks. Go to Home Depot, get another one. So I do that. If that doesn't work, which generally there's a lot of times it doesn't work. All good. The one thing I do have with me is gaff tape. So I will find anything I can to make into a little hook. So I'll see if there's, does anyone have a guitar cable? So let's say your guitarist has an extra cable. I would just take that guitar cable, cut it in half, or or if I don't have to, if it's long enough, I'll just not. And then I just make a little loop on the ground. So just imagine a little circle and I gaff tape that down, and then that's where my bass drum spurs go inside of. So I make these two circles on the ground out of a guitar cable, gaff that to the floor as much as I can, and then I put my spurs right in those two circles, and then they're just anchors for my bass drum spurs, and I'm set for the night. That's my guyver. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I, I used to, I mean, now it wouldn't matter as much because I don't play that hard, but back in my rock days, I mean, a single kick could put my... 26 inch kick drum halfway across the, the city i mean it's a problem man we used to drive the custodians at west virginia university crazy by just taking all the rugs every every oh, time bet, they, yeah. every time you go to because it's i guess legally you have to have a rug by every door <laughs> exactly so every big band rehearsal we just steal you know the closest rug and they would just go nuts on us Every single yeah. time. At one just, point, they had know, a truck full of them. They brought a delivery of them, and everyone oh in gosh. the drum studio was like, hey, the rug guy's here. <laughs> Go get a rug. <laughs> it's so good. They're, th- those are invaluable, man. And somehow, 
when you're packing and you're in a rush, you always forget your drum rug. And you're like, oh, you got to be kidding me. I, I've had a second drum rug that's been in my car for the last maybe two years now. Mm. It's just uh, my trunk has like a second la- layer, almost like where you would put a spare tire. And so I just have a drum rug in there for if I forget, I got a second drum rug. So, all right. Last drum hack. Okay, this is a little little nerdy, but um, you know how sometimes toms have like a high boingy basketball sound. Of course, um, that could be tuning, but it could also be if the drum is lacquered on the inside, and that's causing all kinds of reflections. So, what you can do is you can't do this fast, but take the head take a head off, remove a top lug and a bottom lug that are you know above each other and then put a strip of foam rubber between them so that is like a way to it'll break up the reflections break up the reflections it'll knock off some of that that boing I only thought about that because I was looking at my old premiere kit and I had done that like 20 years ago because that that was like lacquered all around the inside yeah so I saw that post that you did with your Signia I got excited yeah the other back they're back in action and I'm I'm, I was almost sold them can you believe that yeah I was like, I don't know. You know, every time we talk about this on the podcast, the guy that still has my Janista hits me up and he's like, you want him back? But he's like, it's ransom. He's like, I I could sell him to you for like $1,500 or $5,000, you know, whatever it is. And I'm like, no, no, I sold him to you for 800 bucks. It's been 20 years. Give him back to me. Uh, But actually that kit is split up now. So a guitarist in town that owns a studio has my Janista bass drum. He's like, it's the best bass drum we've ever owned. Mm. You're never getting that back. Some other dude has my toms. It's just, it's all over the city. So what can oh, we do? That's heartbreaking. You don't dissect a <laughs> drum kit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. So I hope you guys have lo- learned something. And I also hope you guys have lots of drum hacks that you can share with us. We will definitely feature future drum hacks on this show if you guys have any suggestions so just email your drum hacks to mdinfo at moderndrummer.com like to thank our sponsor black swamp percussion for sponsoring this episode and check out their new throw off the arch throw this is a real sleek uh, arch design which matches the arch lugs that appear on all dynamics and black swamp snare drums it has an indexing knob, so the uh, tensioning kind of locks into place each time you turn it for you know tighten or loosen which is very cool. This will fit any snare drum that is five inches deep or larger. You can purchase it separately, um, or if you buy a new dynamic snare drum, it will come with that stock. Um, and if you're a custom drum builder and you want to use these throw-offs on your drums, you can contact them for bulk pricing. That's all available. Go to blackswamp.com slash archthrow to check it out. Like I was saying, if you know any anything about uh, Nate Wood, the dude's just struggling. He's been struggling for a long time to to do anything that requires skill. Uh, obviously, I'm kidding. If you've seen Nate Wood play th- usually three instruments at once, uh, I'm sure you've seen him. He's the guy that's sitting on a kit, holding a bass, and usually has a keyboard on his floor tom. And singing and, he's, and playing drums. Yeah, And doing it all really well. So when I see that stuff and I kind of feel like it's a gimmick, it's because the person actually can't play drums. That's what makes me feel like it's a gimmick. Mm. When I saw mm. Nate Wood do it and the music was good, like we were talking about, like, oh, well, these are really good songs. The music's good, but he's equally talented on everything. But I, I guess maybe because I don't play drums. I mean, excuse me, I don't play bass. And then the key, keys part on stuff like this is usually like stabbing two hits. Mm-hmm. So I don't really freak out over that, but I can judge the drums. Yeah. And usually I can tell like, 
you can't play drums. You're just you're just so musical that you can't help yourself but to play drums. Yeah, yeah. Nate can play. No, he can play for real. So we transcribed a ton of his stuff in the March issue, uh, which is out now. Uh, Terry Branham, man, he took on the assignment. He transcribed some of the most ridiculous stuff I think I've I've seen. So we're going to drop in just some excerpts from the article, and then we'll kind of wax on a little bit more about his insane playing. So the first one is the song Drum Battle. It's off the Kneebody record, Anti-Hero. And we have two excerpts from this song. So we're going to start with the first one that occurs right at 1 minute and 36 seconds. Uh, this is him just playing drums. He's not playing bass and keys at the same time. But it's this is kind of definitive of his vibe. So let's check that out first. Someone doesn't like random weird sounds on the kit, but he does it very tastefully. That's something like That's... a gong or a pan or something going on there. Now, let's be clear. <laughs> it's not that I don't like when other people do it. I'm a pretty pretty big fan of Matt Chamberlain. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. I love when other people do it. It's just not my vibe. That That is exactly the right way to do it. And this is the kind of stuff that even though... Maybe there's no vocals, um, even though they, they do have quite a few things they've done with vocalists in the past um, that I really love. But that vibe right there, that's almost like taking my love for trip hop and then moving it into the world of uh, what, what's Keith's band? Uh, Rudder? Mm-hmm. Right. A little bit of Rudder, a little bit of trip hop, good grooves, a couple of little skips and you go, is this in four? No. Wait, yeah. what? Yeah. And then, then I'm happy. That's when I'm happy. It's when I'm like, okay, cool. I'm so, still not going to try to figure it out, but this is awesome. So in the story, uh, we got Nate to kind of answer that question, like, what's up with all this stuff? You're combining all these these found sounds on your kit. So he answered it. Uh, um, I'll just direct quote. I started augmenting my drums with gong cymbals, etc. in 2003 when Kneebody started this was when the guys started introducing effects to the horns and they suggested I get some kind of electronic drum thing to augment the sound of the band. I said hell no to that and decided <laughs> to just augment my kit in different ways for every song. So it I was him awesome. responding to the band's desire to be a little bit more electronic, but he's very steadfast of I will never do that. I'm going to find ways to make it sound electronic. Pretty cool. Hero. So let's do another Absolute one. This hero. this this excerpt, which is example two in the article, occurs around five minutes and twenty three seconds into the track. I feel like we never talk enough about how how he's been one of my favorite drummers for so long. <laughs> Since 2003. <laughs> and that's that's it right there. That's the goods. I love that stuff. Yeah, man. so Terry transcribed it, and 
it sounds like he's just sort of speeding up and slowing down. Maybe in his mind he is, but the transcription is accurate. He's going from quarter note triplets to dotted ace to back to quarter note triplets to eights to fives to eighth notes to quarter note triplets to sixteenth notes. It's all in time. It just feels like it's this out of time elastic thing. Pretty nuts. Oh. <laughs> I'm just speechless. <laughs> All right, let's do another uh, one. Nate, if you're listening, it's really rare for me to be speechless, so congratulations. <laughs> All right, the next one is the track Nerd Mountain from the Kneebody song, uh, from the Kneebody album, You Can Have Your Moment. And this is right from the top. So if any of you out there are wondering why you should work on the book Syncopation, <laughs> so that this stuff doesn't freak you out too bad. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And grids. Goodness. Yeah. Now this one, contrasting with the last one, which tra- when you transcribe it, it's like all these polyrhythms and stuff. The transcription of this one is crazy as that sounded. He's playing nothing but eighth notes and 16th notes. There's not a single triplet. There's not a single 32nd note. It's just fundamental, basic rhythms orchestrated in very cool, unusual ways. I've always wondered, too, uh, and I've never really... I don't think I've ever asked Mark about this, but, I mean, obviously, Mark uses a lot of this stuff. Hearn had a lot of this stuff in it. You know, these really long, syncopated passages. Mm -hmm. And I've always wondered, how does this start? And and how, how long does, like, it take for the band to memorize it? Do you just play like dent to get and then loop that until it's dent to get goon dent until it's dent to get goon get to get to get to get and then it's like how long because eventually you have it memorized and you don't no one's sight reading everyone's got it but how do you man hey we should get Mark to answer that question Mark send us some audio answer that question how do you write these long through composed rhythmic themes I mean locked in the basement was my first one where I was just like what what. Yeah. What do you mean it loops? No, no, this is just random and they're sight reading this. And then, uh, and then it's just continued. And when you hear, uh, stuff like this, you know, it's, it's just part of music. It's incredible. Incredible. I hear it as from, from my experience, which is perhaps nothing to do with Mark or Nate. It's, it's related to like, um, modern contemporary classical music like 12 tone music where you have to play all 12 notes before you can repeat the first note. So it, it becomes this like, it breaks all the rules of what we think of music theory. That's how I hear this, even though that's probably not where they're coming from at all. I hear it as they kind of, they might've established like, what is our string of, of notes that we have to play before we can repeat the first note or something gotcha. like that. Like some, oh. like some musical games kind of approach. Right. Maybe that would be how I would write that. It'd be like, what's the parameters? Okay. We're going to be in four, four and it's got to, you've got to play all 12 notes and it's got to be in eighth notes and 16th notes. And what's it going to, right. how's it going to fit? And then in that, we're going to layer these pads that are in six, four. Yeah, exactly. So that people can't feel where the start over <laughs> point is because we are so mad at you. Enjoy our music. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm probably way off. So Mark, answer that question. How do you write those long rhythmic phrases? <laughs> and all Nate, right. how about you answer that too? All right, let's go on Absolutely. to, this is Nate Wood's solo like literal solo project where he's playing bass keys singing and drums 
and I'm pretty sure all of them are completely improvised from start to finish. The project is called Four, and this one is the song called Rabbit. Um, It's off the album X period IT, and this part we transcribed happens at 3 minutes and 11 seconds into the tune Rabbit. What do you think about that? <laughs> I don't. I don't think about that. How is that possible that one dude is doing all that at the exact same time? Yeah. Yeah, I'm kind of speechless. And, and again, you look at the transcription and you're like, okay, this is just just eighth notes, sixteenth notes. But it's there's yeah. the way he's organizing them and displacing the accents and using the bass drum in a kind of a more melodic way. And But the, See, the, that's core, the, thing. the core vocabulary is stuff that we've, we've all learned. Right. Well, I, I think that seeing, especially when you see the stuff on YouTube or in these home video clips, you're, we're used to being amazed by like, oh my gosh, check out what this one person can do. I get it. <clears throat> Excuse me. But in most of that stuff, the one thing that's generally missing is taste mm-hmm. or it's a cover because they couldn't write anything. <laughs> right. Yeah. So they cover It's like, yeah, I get it. You're playing Tom Sawyer all by yourself, all the parts. That's amazing. But Rush did the creative work. Yeah. You learned the mechanics. You did the hard. This is a physical. Yeah, yeah. this is totally different. This is like uh, similar to Josh Dion, where we go like, this is actually really good. Yeah, and the fact that I'm pretty sure that Nate, these are all start as 100 percent improvisations, one take. Just sit down and 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 roll with it. I don't I don't know how much thought he put in beforehand of what the concept is going to be, but I'm just I'm looking at like as as a YouTuber, I'm looking at the video, and, and I also have different plugins for my browser so I can see all of his stats and everything. But one of the stats that we can all see, I'm like 26 people had to be like, no, I dislike this. I need to let you know, Nate out of 116,000 views, 26 people were like, I'm mad. This is not as good as I hoped it would be. Yeah. I'm only disliking it because it's that good. Yeah, exactly. It's like the dislike button on this video is the, I don't, I can't comprehend how great you are button. Yeah. It's like, that's fine. Just, just move on over to the I can't comprehend how great you are button. Click on that. All right, our last one. This I can't believe Terry transcribed this. This is uh, a chunk of the drum solo from the tune Tenth Ire. Again, this is this is in thirteen eight, and the chunk that we're transcribing happens at two minutes and seventeen seconds. If you want to see the notation, it's in the March issue. If you want to just listen to it, we're going to drop it in now. Is it thirteen eight? Really? It's in thirteen eight. I know. I believe you. Uh, I mean, <clears throat> because the title of the tune is Tenth Ire Parentheses One Handed Drum Solo in Thirteen. Oh, by the way, all that stuff is his right hand. 
receiving <laughs> All those six seat notes on the little mini hat. But I think mostly it just shows that how much better of a drummer you could be if you have Gretsch drums because he's playing a USA <laughs> custom or maybe a broadcaster. But it just kind of shows you the, the extra kick it gives you. <laughs> it's all about the Gretsch, gear. you don't need to pay for that. <laughs> it's all about the gear. <laughs> no, he's he's absolutely incredible. I mean, and that bass actually. He he took this setup to Pasek last last year, and okay. he explained the bass is a small scale bass because he needs to be able to maneuver the instrument within the drum kit. And he also said it's the cheapest thing he could find because that way, if he breaks it in traveling, he can just go to Guitar Center, buy the same thing, and and play the gig. It's like the cheapest bass you can get at a Guitar Center. Where is Nate from? I think he lives in Brooklyn mm-hmm. currently. Oh, okay. I mean, it's it's really cool. I, I'm I'm really just blown away. I, I I haven't done a deep dive on Nate's playing. I'm obviously in the YouTube world, like we all knew who he was. But um, I told you before the podcast started that I recently became a fan of Kneebody, but I didn't know who their drummer was. Um, mm-hmm. And to be totally honest, I actually didn't know if they had a drummer because of the sounds he chooses. Mm-hmm. So I was like, ah, I don't want to I don't want to hurt my soul. Look this up and find out it was like programmed by and I'm like damn it because I'm digging it right now but don't tell me it was programmed and so I'm now I'm a bigger fan than I was because uh, I became a fan naturally just by enjoying their music so yeah uh, awesome so everybody check out more Nate Wood stuff he's very easy to find on YouTube but I think the knee body stuff if if you watch the solo stuff and it's just too much to handle sensory overload go to the knee body stuff and all of a sudden you've got Great, great music that has killer drumming in it. Yeah, he's definitely the cutting edge. So yeah, like in the beginning of the episode, we were talking about not having good new music to listen to. There's not good new music in the pop world, in our opinion, but this stuff is as fresh and emotionally inspired as, as anything, I think. Yeah, Super cool. and and Kneebody is past their first single, so they're right. real recording artists. <laughs> oh, All right, let's get into some candy. I have no idea what the hell a cluster crash is. <laughs> a cluster crash. So it's Zil- a cluster crash. <laughs> All right, so I reviewed the new Zildjian K cluster crashes also in the March issue. Um, so what they did, if you remember, if you've been following Zildjian's development of different products over the years, probably, gosh, it might be a decade ago, they came out with the Bounce Ride, which was a symbol, I think, modeled after a Kenny Washington old K. And it was really kind of trashy. So they were able to f- to kind of replicate that old age trashiness by hammering tight clusters of hammering so it's like it looks like you shot oh. it with a with a shotgun in in like strategic spots on the symbol so they just like hammered a bunch of times in one spot to break it up i'm so happy you explained that because i was looking at the picture and i was like damn y'all quality control went down <laughs> down 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 <laughs> And even even out your hammer marks. Okay, so they're yeah. doing this on purpose. Yeah, so it breaks up the metal a bit, makes them a little bit trashy, but not full on effects. Got it. So they okay. so they that took that, that process that they used on that K ride, and now they put it into the the regular K crashes to give this element of trashiness within what what I think is kind of their more smooth, warm, all purpose symbol line. The K's, the K suites. So what it is to me is it takes your kind of textbook, smooth, beautiful-sounding crash and just brings a little bit of that funk to it, but not so okay. much to where you're like, well, ah, that's that's too much. Right. It's just It feels like a, just a well-played, well-aged crash symbol. 
that makes sense. Let's uh, let's give it. What are we going to hear? Okay, so the video I did um, to kind of compare. I also had some of the K suites and the K clusters. So you're going to hear a 16 inch K suite first, and then the comparable size cluster, and then I do the same thing with the 18, and the same thing with the 20. We are getting so fine-tuned with our gear. Right. Because that is a subtle difference, mm-hmm. but it's a real difference. Yeah, it's there. If I, I used the clusters on a record uh, last month where it was it was it just needed a, tra- a, a crash that just had a little bit of saturation, but not a full-on like specialty crash. And right. quickly I was like, you know what? I think these could be your all-purpose crashes. They just sound like really nice crashes. Yeah, and with that little, little hint of trashiness, they just cut a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the decay is really great, but it's not that full-on, handmade, ugly, Turkish... By the way, when I say ugly, that's a positive. Yeah. Um, it's not that nasty-looking Turkish symbol where it's just doing that thing, mm-hmm. and it's one step away from being a China. Yep. This is definitely way closer to a crash than yep. it is to a China. Just exactly. got like that little hint. Like my great 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 uncle was a China symbol. <laughs> I don't. I don't even know how to unpack that. <laughs> <laughs> you don't. You just. You just sit on it. It's just. It's like, look, I'm not full. Not full China symbol, but my great 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 uncle was a China symbol. It's like, yeah, I can hear that in your background somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> what? It's like three <laughs> percent. Come on, that analogy is totally more describing. The more I have no idea what the hell. Like you're this talking crash about. symbol got its twenty three and Me DNA report, and it's like, oh yeah, my great uncle <laughs> was, was a China symbol. 
Whatever. Holy smokes. What are you drinking? Uh, well, I've, I had some Theraflu earlier, and now I've got red oolong. So this is really just saved for when the good company comes over, supposedly in China. But I'm drinking it by myself. <laughs> <laughs> That's a nice cup of red oolong. Anyways, uh, so... All right, yeah, so those symbols out are Out of cool. those, <laughs> yeah, out of those, I heard the most difference between the K-Suite and the, and the K-Cluster in the 18, mm. but I'm, I'm listening through a computer speaker. Um, but I definitely heard a difference for sure, but I think this is a perfect thing where... Because what's, um, what's Zildjian's dry, special dry. Yeah, the special Yeah, dry. the special dry. So I could see a K person saying man i want to go there but it's just like it's not going to work for my gig i love it by myself but it's Mm -hmm. not going to work for my gig this would be that solution for him for sure yeah absolutely i dig them because sometimes like a like a normal crash for me is too much of like a laser beam like the pitch is just like so focused that i just i don't know if my aging ears just don't like to hear that so i like a little bit of saturation a little bit of distortion but not full on all the time that's kind of what they do for me so dig it. Yeah, check them out. The K cluster crashes. They had some prototype cluster hi-hats at this past year's PASIC. So I'm mm. curious to see if they make it to production. That was kind of cool. Man. I bet those would sound great in 15s. That's, happy with that's those. what they had. And I I think Ash might have taken them, I think. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Awesome. All right. By the way, speaking of Ash, I, got, I, I spoke to him this morning. We had some stuff that we had to catch up on. But this was a really cool thing that think you can relate to and hopefully for those of you out there that maybe think professional drummers surpass a, a I don't know a different level we we're talking on the phone and he's getting ready to go down to France to do a, just a one-off clinic but he was so excited not about his playing or what he, what tracks he's going to play he was so excited that his very first drum teacher who now lives in France was going to be there oh, cool. to see him play as a professional and he's never wow. seen him play as like a true professional and do his thing and you could hear like the nerves in his voice, like, dude, my teacher's going to see me. And you know, Ash has surpassed 99% of all drummers to ever live, yeah. but he's still nervous that his first drum teacher is going to see him play. And I just thought, I was like, you know what? I feel the ex- anytime Pete Magadini comments on one of my videos, I'm like, no, you didn't watch that, did you? Don't watch that. Well, let me re record it for you. You know, and so uh, we all go through it. All right, let's get into some questions. All right, we have, uh, we have one audio question, maybe two. Hello, Mike and Mike. This is Aya from Finland, and my question is this. What do you consider to be, for example, five or ten most essential skills for a drummer? I'm not talking just about how to hold your sticks or how to use your left foot, but more like a bigger teams and concepts to understand. Thank you, and all the best for you both. All right, first of all, one thing, Aya, that I love about that question is the fact that you even said, I'm not talking about the basics of how to hold a stick or how to... That's that's awesome. Five to ten, a little much. That might be a full episode. Yeah. So yeah, let's go with one thing each. What would your first thing be? One of your most important things for a drummer to work on? Time, 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 time. The one thing that any non-drummer is going to say. Sorry, what was that? <laughs> <laughs> the only thing that non-drummers care about is that the drummer can keep solid time. The only thing. Maybe dynamics would be number two. But if you can't keep the tempo locked, you will not want no one to want to play with you it's just simple as that yeah i don't i we've mentioned this before on the podcast but i can't think of any aspect of your drumming that is passable if you play it out of time 
Nothing. Like my independence is on fire. It's like, dude, you're all over the map timing wise. It doesn't matter. No. Nothing matters. Nothing. You can't. Uh, and so I would say I would totally double down on Mike's answer of time. And then if you are going to do anything that has to do with improvisation, I would just really encourage you to focus on your listening, being able to respond to what's happening and hear what's happening instead of just putting your head down or putting your head in the sand and saying, this is what's going down. Mm. That's just not a very musical way to play. Um, So, but I think really time I'm with you hundred percent time at no point. Will anybody talk smack about you about like all, all that he or she does is playing great time. It's so annoying. (laughs) They're so rock solid. I hate it. That doesn't have that smack talk doesn't happen in the bass player club. <laughs> or uh, like, man, that drummer just plays so quiet. <laughs> yeah, uh, totally. That doesn't happen. Like, uh, how come Mike? How come Mike never rushes? Uh, <laughs> by the way, that comment has never been stated ever. <laughs> I can promise you that. Oh, how goodness. come Mike never rushes? Uh, no. Yeah. It, that's not that's not an issue that I have. All right, <laughs> moving on. Next question. All right, our next one is from Dom from London. Hi, Mike and Mike. Dom from London here. Uh, a quick bit of background, if I may. So I've been playing up for over thirty years and have done everything from low level studio work, YouTube channel tribute, cover bands, short uh, private teaching spell, and some original projects too. About 12 years ago, with one project, I dipped my feet into the music industry uh, and basically I got burnt. Um, found out very quickly it wasn't for me. Uh, it, it burst my bubble big time. So I withdrew from the drumming world completely, uh, all but for a cover band um, with some friends. I'm now 47. Uh, last year, I came across Mr. Johnston's YouTube channel and then your podcast, which has totally refired my passion for drums and drumming. So my question... It's to both of you who are heavily involved in social media, which, to be honest, has grown immensely over the years. I feel I want to get involved again in some way. Um, I want a way to channel my newfound enthusiasm. I'm not talking about trying to become a YouTube or Instagram drummer personality, but I do want to put some creative stuff out there, either just drum or even song-based, and connect in some way with the outside world, as the cover band doesn't really tick that box. Uh, and I don't have another original band project in me. I'd love to hear your thoughts and ideas about ways you've seen this done. I know Mike Dawson had commented about putting more content out there himself. Um, how would that work and to what end? And maybe even some things I should definitely avoid. Um, thanks for all of the content you both put out. It really is priceless. Thanks, guys. First of all, I would say that I would focus on Instagram and not YouTube. Uh, as far as you've been burned in the past, YouTube still has a little bit of a wild, wild west feel to the comment section. Yeah. There can be some really hurtful hot, things yeah, hot garbage. in the YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, I, I grew up with YouTube from day one, so I'm totally familiar. It doesn't even affect me anymore. I can, I can block somebody faster than most people Mm. realize. So that's no big deal. I got to say Instagram is fairly supportive. I think Instagram is a, is a really good platform and it's just, it's okay to go out there and have something kind of random. I mean, really that's how you built your channel. You, you didn't have a massive following when you started putting out your drum clips. 
No, I mean, I th- we talked about it before. It was Instagram was a vehicle for me <clears> to, to be responsible, to be accountable to myself. Like, oh, you know, here's something yeah. that I've got. You know, what was it? Fifteen seconds in the beginning, and then it was yeah. thirty yep. seconds then or thirty whatever. in a minute. So, can I do something that makes sense in fifteen seconds? Can I do something that makes sense in thirty seconds? Now I got a minute. Can I do a full lesson in one minute? It was just a platform for you to just experiment and have. I think my biggest advice is don't don't care too much about it <laughs> just totally just 100%. do it just do it and do it often and you know whatever for me it just i've seen improvements in my own plane just because i'm like all right i'm going to post something every day or every other day and i'm going to review it i'm probably going to watch it a thousand times just to see what i like and don't like about it so yeah i just don't put too much weight on it yeah my, my it. practice while i'm filming a, an instagram clip is so much different than me just jamming by myself without the camera on. And I try to get a good 30 minutes of that style of practice every day, whether it's for YouTube is different because YouTube is, I'm, I'm not posting a whole take of anything. I'm cutting it up and I'm teaching mm-hmm. but on Instagram. Sometimes it's performance and I might play that thing a hundred times in a row while tracking it and the f- camera's going mm-hmm. and I'm waiting for the one that I'm proud of. Because similar to you, everything that I put up on Instagram, I would say for the most part, it, it's not a loop. I mean, it's it's 60 seconds of improvisation. It might be my favorite 60 seconds. Right. But I am waiting around to go like, I think it's been about a minute that I've been truly happy with all of this. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and that's really it. I, but instead of, oh, I got to get it right. There is no right because I'm improvising. So it just it's really just waiting around for, to be happy. But I agree. I think going in with the idea that... Instagram is a, is a great place. First of all, algorithm wise, they will, Instagram will support you more than they will support me or Mike because they want new accounts to grow. So they're going to feature you on the search pages and stuff more than they would somebody that has an established account. So I wouldn't, don't feel like there's no room for me. It's, there's too many drummers. There's plenty of room for you. Trust me. But I would just go in just like Mike did with a little bit of a plan. This is where I'm going to showcase my creative works. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah, exactly. You already have your cover band. You're not trying to promote anything. You just want to give back to the world and be a part of it. And what's great is with Instagram, I mean, they're so good at encouraging conversations. So let's say you get five likes and one comment. Respond to that comment. That person will respond back. And it's mm-hmm. like, cool, I had a conversation today. Then it's two comments the next post. And then it's three. And then, you know, then all of a sudden it's kind of like, cool. Maybe I only have 20 fans in the beginning, but those 20 fans chose to follow me and they really like my drumming and what I'm doing. That's awesome. You know, you get to 100 fans, that's a sold out club. (laughs) It's amazing. (laughs) We get stuck in these silly ass, excuse me, silly numbers. I was about to get saucy. (laughs) We get stuck in these silly numbers like, man, I only have 100,000 followers. It's like, you know, that's like two football stadiums. That's insane. Stop, you know, 100 followers is great. So I would say just start putting yourself out there, Dom. Mike and I will follow you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We probably should, huh? <laughs> we need to know your handle. You need to email yeah. what your what your start account your means. Instagram account, and we got you, bro. We're there. All, All right. right, we got a pick of the week. I do. All right, it's right here. I've picked it before, and I'll pick it again. I'm going to pick it every time I get sick. <laughs> These are the Puffs Plus Good lotion God. with Vicks. I'm That's telling you, a dog. Throwback. That's been a couple years before you've yeah. grabbed a box of <laughs> tissues. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I got pneumonia bad. It oh, skipped man. like a week and a half, and then it hit me hard. Um, 
the green tea was fighting it off for like about a week and then finally it just said, nah, we got you, bro. So I haven't been able to film anything, uh, but because I don't want to make a course and then that course stays on Mike's lessons for two years with me yeah. going like, all right, everybody, let's talk about syncopation. Syncopation, it's like, I don't know, do that. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. <clears throat> so anyways, Huff's Plus Lotion with Vicks. So Vicks Vapor Rub. Baked into a tissue, I'm telling you, every time you blow your nose, it's like a little bit of heaven. Heaven in the nostrils. Good God. Come on, man. Get on board with being like the great grand grand nephew of a of a China symbol. Oh man. I'm glad you're high on uh on cold medicine. Theraflu. All right, my pick of the week is a real pick. <laughs> You know the drill, dude. We just look around our room and whatever's closest to us, that's the pick of the week. That was the cool I thing I had closest to I found something in a drawer of, I have like a, a plastic bin full of just random things that I've collected over the years. And okay. this is the LP Raw Sound Enhancer Snare. It sounds fancy. It's a clip-on snare wire set that has a magnet on one side so it connects to the hoop or to the rim. And then it just has like a little fan of snares that extend out. So you can turn that any thing. yeah any drum into like a, it doesn't sound like a normal snare drum. It sounds kind of like a tight, like electronic snare drum or something. Yeah. Um, I put it on my twelve inch rack tom that I have tuned. I was going to say way up. it totally works great on toms. And it it the drum is tuned like Max Roach high, and it 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 made that drum sound like it was filtered in a way, like a filtered really? snare drum, like really dark and tight. So it sounds like I'm playing like a triggered drum when I hit that drum. So it's. 20 bucks so it's kind of a no-brainer it's the lp raw sound enhancer snare get that get a couple of them you could put it on the bottom head of a floor tom to get just a little bit of trashy funky stuff super fun and really i mean they're small and they're easy to take on and put on take on awesome put on take off is that what i meant to say i think you meant drum hack number six Good god they're easy to put yeah. on and take off and they also have one that has like tambourine jingles and one that has like shaker element but the snare win for me is the clear winner out of those three. all right well next time you get a cold you try blowing your nose on that thing and then try my puffs plus with lotion and vicks vapor rub and see who wins the battle i don't get sick homie oh my god oh my god Do you guys know every time we've missed a podcast it was because he was sick wait we never missed a podcast yeah no yeah. you don't you don't Knock get very wood. sick i appreciate that no, because I, awesome. I don't interact or touch or get around the other Humans, human beings yeah. or children, for God's sake. Stay away. Oh, the carriers of disease? Yeah. yeah. No, no I, don't, I don't mess with that. But yeah, it's my fault. I go to Nam. I, I see the most random people and I'm like, give me a hug. And like, yeah. yeah where so, are you from? Wuhan, China? Yeah, bring it in tight. Yeah, come on, man. I just got over the bird flu. Bring it in. What do you got? Little Namonia, Namthrax, let's go. <laughs> oh, All right, everybody, have an amazing day. I will have a clear voice by next week. But in the meantime, I'm going to go play some drums. I'm going to practice some drums. Who do we have as an outro groove? This is from my buddy Jason Reeve over in uh, London. So this is a beat that he he recorded the whole thing with an iPhone XR, airdropped it to his iPad, and then just layered on some... Uh, he says it's on a janky on-screen keyboard in GarageBand. So he just recorded all this stuff within 30 minutes between lessons with you know students. So this is he, he basically wanted to showcase what you can do quickly if you just want to you know mess around. So this is Jason Reeve, super cool. We'll see you next week. <laughs>